Standing by to join me is Dr. James J. Mellon. He's the founding spiritual director of Global Truth Center in LA. And he has an incredible event coming up on September 24th. I'm not going to give it away, but we are going to give away 10 tickets to the streaming event coming up. And I'm so happy to have you back on the show. I came to your Holland Taylor event, which was amazing. Yes, it was great to see you there too. Wow. I, I want to back up. I always ask my guests this. Tell me a little bit about your backstory. You've got this, you know, great live event, but where did this all start for you? Well, I think if you look at my history, uh, you know, I go back to, I, I was born in Philadelphia. I'm not going to make this long story, but I was born in Philadelphia, moved to New York City to pursue a life as an actor, immediately got starring roles on Broadway. And West Side my- Story, by the way. West Side Story, yes. I was the I second that. second riff. The first one's 1957 when I was just born. And then I was in the first revival as, as riff. Um, but many things. I starred in 42nd Street. I was Paul in a chorus line. Uh, I've done amazing things. I've had a great career. But when I was in Los Angeles doing a show that I wrote called An Unfinished Song, um, a friend took me to hear Dr. David Walker speak. And that kind of changed. My entire life went zip. And I was like, I wasn't planning on being a minister. I wasn't planning on like having a church or anything. It just evolved into that. And, but when it did, I bought a theater. You bought a theater. Yes. So in Los Angeles, I wanted to open a church. So I, with my husband, we bought a theater in North Hollywood. It was called the Renegade Theater. We changed it to the NoHo Arts Theater. Mm -hmm. And I decided I can do it all. I opened the Open at the Top Theater Company and the NoHo Arts Center for New Thought. And the theater company and the church just ended up melding because we grew so fast. Actors came in and writers and directors. So we had this theatrical community spiritual center and it just grew and grew and grew till we had to move because it was we couldn't fit in there anymore. Um, So that's kind of where it started. So with that, I'm a singer, I'm a songwriter. So I knew Ricky Byers, and of course I know Holland Taylor, who was on the last, the interview. Um, And Mark Nepo, I didn't know who did my first interview, but um, I now know him, he's a beautiful man. I wanted him because he's like one of the top spiritualists in the world. He was on my show, I I loved having him on. He's, there's just something about him. In his presence, you're just very calm. It's very Mm -hmm. calming which is very different than Holland. So it's been a really good mix of, there's Mark Nepo, who's very, you know, very calming. And then mm-hmm. there's Holland, who's just like a firecracker. Right. And now Ricky. So Ricky Byers, uh, used to be Ricky Byers Beckwith, Michael mm-hmm. Beckwith's ex-wife now. Yes. Um, and I've known Ricky for a number of years through the spiritual community, watching her perform and then performing with her at some events. Beautiful. And so we've we've struck up a friendship. So when I really thought about who do I want for the third person, mm-hmm. she came to mind. Also because I wanted I wanted I wanted to talk about Black Lives Matter. I wanted to talk about what our world is like today and how divided we are as a, as a as a as a world really, mm-hmm. not even just a country. And she is so into the activism of wanting to bring us all together in a spiritual context. So important right now. Yeah, so that's that's why I went for her. And the whole point of the interview is 
we hear a lot of, and you do this, you're so brilliant at this Thank in you. your show, on your shows. Everybody talks about interviews mm -hmm. and they, they talk about what someone has done and how they show up in the world. I want to know why. Right. Show Thank up you. In the, yeah. Right. You yeah. do too. We want to know, you know, what the funk. Right. <laughs> we, and we, they're not interviews, they're conversations. No. Exactly. Yeah. And they're deep conversations. Right. You know, it's enabling someone to go to a deeper level. I remember, you'll remember this, when I had Holland on the show, I didn't tell her. She she said, you want to give me questions? That I said, nope. <laughs> nope. And I knew I would ask her my the five questions that, I, that I've that i developed. Yes. So when I said to her, why are, why are you here? And she looked at me, she went, what? I said, I said, well, the question is, why are you here? She goes, you asked me. I said, no, no, no. And it was so much fun to watch her strip away the layers and then I finally go remember and she was like finally she was like well i suppose and then she gave me one of her brilliant answers and it was just great i loved it i loved it there was so much to learn from that night i mean it's it was so it, it was like one of the best nights i've had in a long time and i mean that uh, I, I invited a friend of mine and it was it was such a deep conversation and then you had a performer and these live events are it feels like just what we need right now yeah i feel like that too really for myself even I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because i had wanted to do the, the third interview with john travolta because um john and i were going to be able to sit and talk about his having lost his son and me having mm -hmm. lost my daughter and i wanted mm -hmm. to do an episode on grief but with someone prominent like john who yeah. could talk about it and still be you know, effervescent and, yes. and, and alive in the, and not maudlin. Right. And, um, and then of course, Kelly passed and, and we went into COVID. So that never happened. Um, so as I was putting this back together, I thought, so how do I still deal with the relevant issues that I want to deal with? And I will do one on grief eventually. Good. Good. Um, yeah, but That's this one's going to be more topic. about social. It is. Yeah. It really is. Have you ever interviewed um, David Oh my God! Why his, uh, someone I love, David? Oh my God! His last name just went <laughs> out of my head. He wrote a book called "Finding Meaning: The Sixth Step of Grief." I did. I have not. Yeah, it's just it's just Let, a music. When you think of his name, just email me. Let me know. Yeah. Or it'll probably okay. pop in as soon as we talk yeah. about something else. Yes. <laughs> I'll be talking about something, and you'll just yell it out. David, you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I feel that grief is such an important topic because a lot of times I've tend to kind of run away from it, you know, you know, without going directly yes. through it. And it's so important to learn from these moments. And I told you before we started how this show was started because I lost a friend and it was shocking and it was just so sudden. And I just felt it was so jarring. And I, I have this tendency, which is something I've done all my life, where when I'm faced with something, I will go and find, um, some peace and serenity doing something like moving. So I, I went into a pool and I just ran. I would just run and, and swim a little, but it was more like getting that energy out because I was yeah. so sad or taking long walks and listening to music. Sure. Are there things that you have done when you've gone through something? Yeah. And his name's David Kessler. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He was, he was, um, he's an amazing writer. Uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, he wrote with her before she died. Oh, yes. <clears throat> yeah, he's an amazing writer. And, and he had lost his son mm. uh, when he was 20, when his son was 20, about four, four years ago. 
um, and he really assisted me when when my daughter passed. Uh, so, you know, grief and I are very close. <laughs> There's not a day I wake up. I don't I don't want this to sound negative. So so let me let me say that. Okay. But I wake up every day in grief. Every day when I wake up, there is an atmosphere of my consciousness that is so conscious of having lost my daughter. Mm-hmm. And um, mm. I'm choice when I wake up. Yeah. Do I give in to this or do I work with it? Do I move through it? And every day I wake up and move through it. And now, one of the things I do, not unlike what you just said, before I can even think, I am out of bed, sneakers on, and I'm out walking. Good. I love I walking. Walk, I walk for 45 minutes. I do a very fast walk. Mm-hmm. And then when I get to the park, I jog. <laughs> I do my best to jog without like falling over. But I jog. Yeah. And then by the time I'm home, my perspective is different. Yes. Because, because we live in this quantum field of pure energy. Mm-hmm. And if you get stuck in an energy in an energy field like grief, yeah, you can stay there a very long time. Oh yes. But all but all you really need to do is move that energy a little bit, and suddenly the life starts to open up in front of you. Yes. So that's really what I'm doing. It's a physical. I do that, then I instantly do some yoga, and then I lift weights. That's so great. I do it every morning. Yeah. No, I'm a seven day a week person too. I've been walking for years, and I just can't start my day without it. Yeah, it's hard. It really is. Because sometimes I will admit there are days like if I wake up and Kevin suddenly says to me, could you just look at this? And suddenly I'm launched into the business of our day mm-hmm. and it'll be two, two or three o'clock. I'm like, oh, that's why I feel like this. I didn't walk. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I will actually be really super crabby if I don't <laughs> yes. get out of the house. <laughs> Yes. I said that to somebody at one of my ministers yesterday. She was going on about something. I said, are you hangry? She went, what? <laughs> I said, are you hangry? Yes. That means you're hungry. And so you're angry. And she went, oh, you're right. I'm starving. I said, let's go eat then discuss this. <laughs> you, can, you could have a whole bunch of those slangry for sleepy and angry. <laughs> Perfect. Slangry, hangry. Right, right. Tangry, you're tired. Yeah. Yes. So you're just irritable. Yeah. Oh my God. We should write that book. Together. We need to. <laughs> yes. <thank you. laughs> As a teenager, you wake up with pimples. You could be angry. Be <laughs> angry. Well, my son, my poor son, had terrible acne through his. He's going to hate me for saying that because his skin's pretty oh, good now. I did too. Come on. Did you? I didn't. I did not. I would get one oh, that, I that, I, that I could name because it would be so enormous. Red. <laughs> Yeah, yeah right. that's not the word I would use. But, I yeah. And I used to do, I used to take toothpaste and put it on there. Don't ask me where Does I- Does that work? I've heard that works. It actually did work, but people really? were like, what, what is on your face? I'm like, it's a pimple. No, something else. I didn't oh. brush my teeth this morning. Yeah, toothpaste. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, God. It's a very eclectic conversation. <laughs> so that's what I do. Not not toothpaste. I run. I walk. I, 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 I get active in my life. And- um. It's just too easy to stay in bed. I know. When you, when you have yeah. grief. Even it's today, I, dr- I drove for two hours out to the desert today because I have all these meetings. And while I was driving, Nora, my daughter, Nora, something came up and it, it grabbed my stomach. Oh, I was listening to uh, an audible and um, uh, Joe Dispenza, and he was saying something about his daughter. And it was so beautiful how he was talking about her and so proud of her. And 
all of a sudden in my oh, gut, I was like, of course, I'm never going to, I'm not going to get to do this ever again. Talk about, I mean, experience her growth, experience her successes, help her through her failures. I was just like, and it just got me. Yeah. And I just went, okay, here you go. You're a choice again. Mm-hmm. And you, and you just missed the next 20 things he just said, by the way because you just zoomed out of the car into this grief land. Yeah. You went into that zone where you were like, not even present. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's pretty bad when you're going 70 on the 10. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, yes. So I was, uh, I'm very clear about how powerful the mind is and and that our mind is capable of handling the deepest, darkest grief and it's able to handle the greatest, most amazing success. Right. Yes. You know, I have, I've said to my daughters that, you know, life is interesting because some days it can, you can be really down, you could lose someone or something, and the next day can be filled with joy and unexpected moments, meeting a total stranger who lifts you up. Yeah. And the thing is to be really open, to be open to those moments of joy. Yes. And, and you know, it's even more bizarre that we don't realize right. I can be horribly down and joyful all at the same time. Really? Here's the thing. I can be in the middle of, of a grief moment mm-hmm. and something else pop into my head and all of a sudden I'm like, wow. And that energy is still there. This energy is here and they get to co-mingle. Yes. And when I let that happen, I'm actually an active participant in watching the transition. Yes. And it's just I know what beautiful, you mean. Yeah, right? I'm yeah. sure you do. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I actually recently signed up for tennis lessons. I hadn't played in years. Oh my God. I think we're like the same person. I just signed up for tennis lessons. Really? Yeah. But I, I'm awful. I'm awful at it because every day when I do my walk, I run around the park and there are these people playing tennis. Yes. And I went home and I said, and Kevin, my husband's a great tennis player. And I went home and I said, okay, if I promise to take tennis lessons, will you play with me? Cause he can't play with me. Cause he's like, Jim, I can't do it. The balls are going, the balls are going everywhere and popping up. Yeah. I always, I, and I, so so that's what I'm going to do. It's great. Yes. Be patient with yourself. I took two beginner classes and now I'm in the intermediate It is the best decision I ever made. I I, I, it changes you. You're going to feel like a kid again. Oh, I'm looking for, and then you and I can play tennis. Okay. Once I reach intermediate level. I mean, I'm like, what, an advanced beginner? I mean, I, you know, I can get it over that, the net, you know. Well, yeah. I can get it over the net. We have a friend who's a, who is a tennis pro, and he's a teacher. So he took us out one day, him and his wife, and me and Kevin. Okay. And his wife is as bad as I am. And so Kevin, Kevin, we're, I, I was me. not watching. <laughs> she knows how bad she is. Okay. And she walks with me sometimes in the mornings. Okay. So Kevin and I are on one side, and Mark and Donna are on the other side. And <laughs> Mark's just hitting all the balls and Kevin's hitting all the balls. And Donna, at one point, Don and I just like stopped and looked at each other. And I just said, do you want to just go get coffee? coffee? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And pretty much we went and sat down for a while. And then finally I said, you know what? Why don't we play them? Yes. So, so Don and I played them and we were so bad that they couldn't play. It was hysterical. That's we, okay. practically, you we, practically, we practically won because they just didn't know what to do. There you go. That it was, was your strategy. Yes, I think that's part of a new sitcom I need to write. <laughs> you know, there's, um, it's so funny. I, I love to write. I am a screenwriter, actually. It took me a while to say that. And um, 
I think when you're going through something, it's a wonderful outlet to write. And you can write, you, you think you're a lousy writer. You just write whatever you want to write. Don't censor. Yep. Yep. You never know when this could turn into a funny pilot or a script or whatever, a story, right? Well, you know, I, I, I came to LA and was signed by CAA as a script writer. As, well, I was signed across the board, director, writer, actor. Whoa. And my first movie was produced, uh, Jennifer Tilly, uh, Leslie M. Warren, Richard Chamberlain, terrible movie. They, they didn't really do my movie, but that's another story. Okay. Um, and I've written six musicals, six, six you know, big musicals. And- Excuse me, Anne Anne. Didn't you produce Anne with- We produced Anne, but Holland wrote Anne herself. She wrote every word. Her story about driving down the 405 and the book and the and the entire idea coming to her that she had to pull off onto the side of the road and just sit there because it was like downloading through her. Yeah, or up, I believe uploading it. Itself. Yeah, I believe it's, it. It's fascinating. Um, so I have this new book. It's called The Five Questions. And I wrote it. Well, I must have written it four years ago. I first wrote the first draft. And I handed it to my agent and, and to, to the people that I trust to read it, including my daughter. Okay. And um, they all read it. They loved the book and said that the five questions, it took too long to get to the questions. Could I do a rewrite? And this is my agent. And then I asked my friends, I was like, so this is what I got back. What do you think? And they were like, mm-hmm. yeah, it takes too long to get to the questions. Your okay. stories are fun, but let's hear. So okay. then I thought, they're just all old people. They don't know. <laughs> I'm going to go to Nora because she was only 19. I said, Nora, what did you think? She went, Dad, I loved it. And I'm thinking, see, I wrote a young book. And she went, but it took me too long to get to the five questions. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. So. No, she, that's right. But, you know, that yeah, I was like, okay. More, I, and then her car accident happened like a month later. Mm. And then I couldn't write. I could I, I couldn't What's do anything. That? I mean, I stayed stayed on 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 in the pulpit, but mm-hmm. I couldn't write. Yeah. Um, until about later, about a year later, I was in Lake Powell, and I was laying out on the boat, looking up at this gorgeous sky, and I heard this voice in me. It was just like, it's like, Dad, you should use the five questions to get out what you're feeling about me, about Nora. Wow. Here's the thing about five and and. You can probably see it, but it's upside down. That's my tattoo. It says five. Yes. And then underneath it, it says, remember. Um, because since Nora was a little baby, I'd give her five kisses every night. Aww. And it went went through her whole life. In fact, Aww. the day of her accident, I showed up at church. She was laying on the in the parking lot with all the teenagers laughing. And I was like, could you all get out of the parking lot before the congregants start running over you? Yeah. And she literally ran after me, jumped on my back, tumbled me onto the floor and was like, how dare you pass me without giving me five kisses? So that's the kind of life we share. Yeah, it was great. So we had planned on getting tattoos of fives. Mm -hmm. She was going to get one right here, just a little one, and I was going to get one. Okay. And so I did it on the year anniversary of her death. Mm -hmm. I got a five. And this is she designed this particular five. She did? She had it on her phone. She like did this painting. So I took the phone in and they they replicated it for me. So um, there I am laying in Lake Powell and I was realizing Nora's accident, I believe she died right there in the impact, but it took five days to release her. Five days. 
And I was like, well, five days, five questions. I used them through the whole time. Mm -hmm. I remember standing in, in the emergency room with her laying there in a coma. Mm -hmm. I was the only one, nobody else was there. My, my husband, two moms, they were, nobody was there yet. It was just me and Nora. And I remembered going to my very first question, which was, why am I here? And I'm just standing there holding her hand thinking, why am I here? Why are we here right now? I didn't have an answer, but the question's yeah. powerful enough to let me release. Mm -hmm. So I rewrote the book using all five days with the five questions. And it was, why am I here? What wants to know me? And then the one that really broke my heart, which is what wants me to release it. Yeah. And then um, what is mine to do right now, which was the fourth day. And then the fifth one, do I know how great I am? Meaning, do I know the truth of who she is mm -hmm. so that she can be released here, not as something tragic that happened, but as the greatness that she is going on to something else. Mm -hmm. So I wrote that book. I turned it, took me a while, took me a very long time, but I turned it in, turned okay. it in. And my agent was like, wow, okay, this is great. We're selling this. And she sent it out. And what they got back was, what she got back was, she said, um, we don't want a grief book. The book feels like a grief book now as opposed to the five questions. And I was like, oh my God. Come and she even, she even said something that was a little crass. She said, and I can say this because I, I, I've processed it, but she said, you know what? The book needs less dead daughter, more five questions. And no, I, no. Mm -mm. I, I was like, okay. She goes, you know what I'm saying, right? And she said it like four times. Now, I also love this woman. And I, I, I get it that she was not conscious of what she was saying. Mm. Way she, she was suddenly, suddenly she turned into Joey's agent from Friends. And I was like, okay. So, but a couple of days later, she called me and she was like, was that harsh? I was like, oh, that was so harsh. I and said, you kept your on. composure? You, you totally, didn't... totally. And I said, you're just lucky you were speaking to a seasoned minister. Yes who has worked through this because probably someone else might have like lost their. Oh yes. Yeah. So, and I have to be honest when it, when it happened, I was shocked, but of course I, I could hear Nora in my head laughing. Yes. And, and I was like, all right, I'm not going to take helped you keep your composure by the way. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I could feel her on me saying, don't react. First of all, <laughs> because it's true. So I had to rewrite it again. We have three major publishers all interested in publishing the, the book. Good. But they said, could you do this? Do the five questions the way you do the five questions. And then in the epilogue, show us how you use them, how you use them when your daughter okay. passed. Okay. It made great sense. I was like, yes. oh, yes. that is a good idea. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's where I am. I'm almost done the rewrite. I get a daily email from my agent saying they're waiting. Do you have it? So I will get it out there soon. But I think the five questions is really going to turn things around for me mm -hmm. and, and my ministry and my and, and my, my place out in the world, which yeah. is why I use it during the interview. So you will watch Ricky Byers go through those five questions during our interview. They're That's not going to be in order, but and yes. she may not even know they're there as that. But one somewhere along the hour and a half, she mm -hmm. will get all of those five questions asked to her. That's amazing. I I feel like, you know, there are so many people that have experienced loss in the past uh, year and a half, two years. 
that it's a very important book to write. I do too. So I'm glad you're leaving in the part about your daughter. So many people have lost people. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, even there was a moment where I was like, I'm not rewriting it. No, it is a grief book. But then something in me went, yeah, but this book can relate to so many other things besides grief. It can relate to failure. It can relate to, to, to marital problems. It can relate to anything. Yes. Just ask these questions. You know, I'm having problem in my marriage. Why am I here? As opposed to what are they doing that's annoying me? Right. Why, why am I here? Not why is he here or why is she here? Why am I here? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What else would you like people to know about the evening without giving too much away? Well, well, now that I've done the five questions, they know it's <laughs> going to be it's going to be pretty intense. Um, Ricky's going to sing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what she's going to sing. She is an enigma when it comes to singing. She she could even, she may even do the sound check that day okay. and then sing a totally different song that night. She is a, a a free spirit, but I don't know if you have you ever seen her sing live? I did my homework and I was not live. I watched oh. on YouTube some clips. She's so talented. Yeah. Oh my God. And but Ugh. when she's live, you're like, where is this voice coming from? I mean it's just like she just lets it rip. Yes. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I think you're going to be, if you're there in the house or if you're watching online, whichever, I think you're going to be very mesmerized by her, her mm-hmm. composure, her spirit. You're going to be entertained by her talent. And I think you'll laugh a lot because I, I, I want to find the humor in life. Yes. We need the humor. We need to yes, yes. find a light on that. Yes. Yeah. Even, even, even in those moments, I mean, you know, uh, when Nora, when we were planning her memorial service, uh, everybody had said to me, do not do it, James. You are not required to do it. You don't need to be the minister. And I was like, I was like, I have to be the minister. Who, who's going to be? I'm not going to turn this over to someone else. Exactly. And Nora, Nora and I used to have a joke because she would always say she wanted me to marry her. When she got married, I wanted to be the minister. I had to be the minister. And I would say, honey. I, I, I couldn't get through it. I'm going to be crying. You know how I am. Yes. And she goes, oh, dad, grow a pair. You're going to marry me. <laughs> so as people are telling me not to do this, I hear in the back of my head, dad, just grow a pair and get up. And who else can present Jericho. me better? She really yeah. called you on it, didn't you? had an amazing relationship. Oh, we had an amazing relationship. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She would science of mind me, which is Ernest Holmes teaching the science of the mind. Yeah. Uh, she would, if I if I went off, principle for something, especially mm-hmm. if it involved her, um, she'd be like, you know what, dad, here's what's funny. This is what you said in church two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, because she was in church every week singing with me. So, uh. but, but now my son does it. My son, my son called me the other day and he said, he said, dad, can you add extra money to my Amex card? Because, and he tried to tell me a story and I said, well, why do you really need the extra money in your Amex card? I said, it's a Friday night. Do I sense that you need money to buy beer for some party? Yes. And he started laughing. He went, "Oh my God, Dad! Yeah, I am. I'm gonna. I want to buy the beer for this party we're having." I said, "Okay, start lead with that." I yes. said, "But I just want to tell you, I am not Bill Gates. I am not. I do not have this." And he says to me, "Dad, now do you really want to affirm that you are not as big <laughs> as Bill Gates?" <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, you know, you're about to lose that beer money." Right. It was just so funny. And I was like, you know, you're right. You are right. He says, yeah, you're not Bill Gates yet. 
He said, but let's think Bill Gates and beyond. I like that. Those are my kids. I'm listening to you talk about your relationship with your kids. And I'm thinking, this is such a lesson for other parents. Instead of lecturing and coming down on them, talking to them at their level. And I've kind of learned in the past year and a half to kind of let go, be there for them, but step back, let them live their journey, but be there to support them. Cause I was too much like worried and what are you doing? I mean, I give curfews and I worry about them staying out, but I have to step back because they, you know what, they do come to you. How old are they? 19 and almost 22. Oh my God. They're the same as my will is 22. Yeah. Well, so is Nora. So they're both 22, 19 and 22. Oh, Janine. Yeah. I, uh, my heart goes out to you. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it's like at that age to be like, Will's in Texas. Well, he was in Texas. He okay. is in Texas. He's going to school in Texas. But when he called me this weekend, he called me from the airport. I was like, well, wh- you, you sound like you're, where are you? He goes, oh, I'm at the airport. I'm flying to New York City. I was like, what? You're flying? You're in school. He goes, no, I don't have any classes this weekend. And I miss, I miss Emily, his girlfriend. Yes. Who's, who lives in New York City. I was like, all right. So are you calling to tell me that you just spent all the money that I gave you for the month? The beer. On a, <laughs> no, for the beer, you spent it on a plane ticket? No, that was a while ago. Yeah. This was, and he says, no, no, I'm just, I just wanted to make sure you knew I was in New York City. That's responsible. Yes. Yeah. But, but New York City, like the pandemic, like the plane, all of that. But I know, you know, breathe, my, breathe. my spirit, yes, right. <laughs> My spirituality, my philosophy of life is that life always unfolds perfectly. And I have to trust and know William's life is his life. Yeah, exactly. My life is my life and Nora's life was Nora's life. Yes. And while we are all connected in this beautiful quantum entanglement. Yes. uh, Everybody gets to make their own decisions. We, We can do nothing but say what we think and how we feel and then respect what comes back. Right. And, you know, one thing I will say, I didn't grow up very religious. Um, I would consider myself more a reformed Jewish woman, but I really didn't go to temple a lot. My parents were divorced and I can be spiritual outside lying on the grass, staring up at the clouds, listening to Anushka Shankar. Um, (laughs) You know, I just have always been like that. And I think I know that I tend to go, go, go and do the walking and I'm very good about self-care, but I think spiritually, I have some work to do. I I know I need to spend some time breathing. I think we're all guilty of that to some degree. Like we're just too like, I got to do this and I got, I got this amount of time and I got to go and we need to just be mindful and present. Oh, you know, mindfulness is the largest grow, the fastest growing industry Mm -hmm. financially. Mindfulness. I have a new company called Welcome Home. It's like welcome home, but the OM is up really. In the like and it's, it's about finding yourself back into your home status. Mm-hmm. And we do a thing called spirit breath meditation. I just finished it right before this. And it's, it's circular breathing where you breathe through the belly, chest, and exhale. And you do this for 30 minutes. And there's music and there's imagery. And then I, I speak throughout it, depending on what the theme is. Today's theme was newness. And the affirmation was... I am brand new with each moment passing. Mm. And, and, you know, we, there's like 20, 30 people that show up and it's all virtual right now. But that half hour every morning, 9 to 
that sets my day up. I can come at mm. that. I can come to that even with any kind of stress or whatever. Well, this day is so busy. And then by the time I'm done, I'm just like. That is great. Yeah. I'll, I'll send you a link. You should join me some, some morning at nine o'clock. I'd like that. Yeah, you would have fun. And it's a good time because right now this show is not live. So normally it's <laughs> nine to 10. Oh, it is. Oh, there you yeah. go. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So I will have time now. I can't say after October. So we'll see. Yes, right. Uh, I want to tell uh, listeners, because this is going to air on uh, next Monday, which is the 20th at nine o'clock, uh, that we're giving away 10 passes, uh, the live yes. streaming passes. And that way you can watch the Ricky Byers interview. You can watch it from the comfort of your own home. It's Friday mm -hmm. evening at 7.30 p.m. Uh, and uh, those of you that get these passes, you'll get all the information on how to get online and watch it. And uh, I think you'll have a really, really wonderful time. I would say grab a bottle of wine if you are a wine drinker and just, you know, sit down and sip and listen. And you know what you just said, Janine, so true. Religion and spirituality are, are not the same thing. Religion is, is to me, it's the, the box that people put you in if you are a specific type of religion. Spirituality is what is in that box. Yes. So I like to get rid of all the boxes and, and, and like you, go lay down on the grass and that is the most spiritual entanglement with the universe we can get go to the ocean watch the ocean just pour itself onto the to the to the sand and then you feel oneness and that's what spirituality is all about so yes. i think you're doing great i'm working on it i mean <laughs> I, we had i've had this conversation before with friends and family about religion and it's not like i'm against religion but i think it's also about being kind and empathetic right now and being a good person, I give you this crazy example. My daughter went to Dunkin' Donuts. They messed up her order, her order and I took her back at night to get my money back or whatever. Uh -huh. I said, we're, we're closed. I said, well, she just wants a credit. You know, she was on her way to school. And this young guy came out and he says, you know what? I'm so sorry this happened. Our system was down, blah, blah, blah. I'm also going to let you have a dozen donuts. Well, I don't eat donuts. But he said something about um, maybe you'd like to give them to the homeless. So, so we, we got two dozen donuts and here I'm driving down, trying to find homeless people at night. And I thought, <laughs> I'm, I, I said to my daughter, let me go during the day. Cause I can't, you know, I don't know. Usually I see yeah. them during the day. I'm not usually driving around at night. Yeah. So um, the next day we found a, um, a shelter and uh -huh. I thought, you know what, I'm going to contact the Dunkin' Donuts. And since they typically throw out all this food that they said, I will offer to pick them up and donate weekly. So I'm trying to work that out, but that's oh. what I need. I just tell you this, cause I think people could really think of ways to be kind. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. We just found all these credit, all these card, McDonald's cards here in Palm Desert. Mm -hmm. There were like 20 of them, $10 or $200 to McDonald's. I was like, what is this? It was in my drawer. And they were like, oh, we had this thing and we, you know, we were giving them out to kids. And I was like, yeah. give them to me. I have been, I've been loving it. I, I've been just some some woman was outside while I was eating dinner at a restaurant. I got up from my seat, went outside. I said, "Here's two cards for McDonald's. It's like forty twenty dollars." And she went, See? "Thank you." 
Yeah, I, I, could, I, t I could tell yeah. she was homeless. Yeah, and it was like, I've got all these cards. They're sitting in my car now. I stop, I hand them out. Great. It feels so good. Now I feel like I want to just go buy cards and hand them out. I know, I know. So I feel like right. you want to find more places that throw away their food at the end of the day. Yeah. Whether it's a bagel place and ask them, hey, do you want me to go drive it over to the shelter? Because I'll do it, you know? That is, that is beautiful. So. See, I told you, you're doing great. Thank you. And it is about kindness. And, it is. And I, and I know we're going long here, but do, do you watch the show Ted Lasso? I love that show. Oh, my God. So <laughs> finally, someone has written a show yeah. where this main character is kind. Yes. It's about, I mean, I, I, I walk around now going, what would Ted Lasso do in this situation? <laughs> I mean, it used to be, what would Jesus do? Now yeah. I'm like, I don't know Jesus, but I watch Ted Lasso. So... Yeah, I'm glad I, I'm glad I asked show. you that. I know, I can't uh, wait for, what's the next episodes tomorrow night? No, Friday is night. Is it coming up? Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I want to let you know, I put everything on my show blog, which is getthefunkoutshow.kdy.org. Yes. Do you have a website you want to throw out? I do, www.globaltruthcenter.org. Excellent. And where can people find your books? Good question. Well, this is only my second book. Uh, my book, The Men Mental Muscle, Yes. which is a spiritual boot camp, interestingly enough. Love um, that is on the website. That is on globaltruthcenter.org. Okay, good. And you'll, they'll find the five questions as soon as I finish it and my Yay. agent decides which publishing company is going to do it. And one last thing, you know, when I, I hear you talk about like the stress and all, some days I think, isn't it great to have that stress? Like you have an agent, you've got this project, Think about where you were before when you wanted to do it and you thought, yes. oh, I got to get an agent and I got to get somebody to like the idea. This exciting pressure. You know, it's funny. You should, I'm glad you said that. I work with actors a lot. And what I tell them is you got to stop complaining about not having an agent. You got to and stop telling the universe how hard it is right. to do this because all you're doing is influencing your future outcome. Yeah. So when I direct something and cast something, Somebody can come into my room and be brilliant, but if their energy is that kind of negative energy, I will go for the one who's just a little less brilliant, who's kind, mm -hmm. because I don't want to spend my days working with people unless they're really kind. So yeah, yes. it's totally about what energy are you? Because that's what you're going to attract. Yes. And it's funny you bring up acting because I had mentioned to you, I had studied acting. I actually started in Boston and then LA. And I would take all these classes and study at the groundlings. And my dad died at one point in 2015, he had cancer. And I remember going to this place, I forget what it's called, like the actor's key where we would meet casting directors and we'd get to- Oh yeah. Them. Okay. So I would prepare and I'd be off book and it was great. And I remember one person saying to me, you look angry. And you know what? I was, I was angry. My dad died but I didn't realize it was coming across because I hadn't really, I hadn't dealt with that. So I was just doing my stuff and, you know, and, but the like tough New York, you know, side of me was coming out and they just wanted me to be, to tone it down. And I realized I had work to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. You know, when Nora passed, um, Kevin was doing Elf, that big Christmas oh, musical. Yes. And it was his opening night. Um, after after Nora had passed, it was like the next night. Mm. And um, he did it. And I told him to do it. I said, you know what, you should do it. 
and Will said to me, Dad, we should go to the opening night. Now, we had just let, lost our, our most precious daughter and his, his twin sister. Yeah. And I remember driving there thinking, I can't believe I'm doing this. Why am I doing this? Well, I need to support Kevin because for him to have to get up and do this and be this cheerful you know, in this right. Christmas musical. Sure. And we and I said, Will the whole way I'm like, Will you okay? We're gonna be okay there. He goes, Yeah. And we got there, everyone knew who we were. They'd given us these seats and luckily there were nobody next to us. And um it was the most bizarre feeling I've ever had. I'm watching these kids up there singing and dancing and tap dancing and Santa Claus is flying through the air and Will and I are sitting there heartbroken, grief stricken. Yeah. And at one point <laughs> I looked at him and he looked at me and we both started laughing. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And I just said, I don't know, what are you laughing at? And he said, I just, I, I'm just laughing because this is this is un, un, unfathomable. Yes. I said, I know. And then we're laughing and then we were crying simultaneously. Yes, and I just I thought to it. myself, I thought to myself, what must people think if they're <laughs> seeing this? It's like, this is a Christmas musical. This is not a, you know, this isn't death of a salesman. Right. So that's a that's a moment in time i will never have again to, yeah. to the best best of my ability but it's a feeling that that i would have never felt i mean it, it, you just have to look at this stuff and say if i'm willing to feel it knowing it won't destroy me mm -hmm. then feel away yes. and 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 trust and know you know i've got my son right here who's laughing with me and crying with me mm -hmm. and and his sister, my daughter, she's right here with us. Yes. In fact, I honestly, she had such a weird sense of humor. I, I, I just kind of feel like she got it into our heads. Go, go see this musical. It should really freak you out. What a blessing. Yeah, right? What a blessing. And I yeah. also feel like, I don't know if you feel like this, but it's the moments when you really don't want to do something and you push yourself to do it, it becomes the most meaningful. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know, I really didn't want to go to this dinner with Kevin on Saturday night. Here's, a, I don't know what this is going to say at the end of this story, but <laughs> I really, I really, because I had church the next day and he was good. He was doing this concert and then they were invited to Michael Feinstein's mm -hmm. to go sit around the piano. And I was like, Kevin, you're not going to get there till 10 o'clock. Yeah. I love Michael Feinstein, but I need to get to my sleep. Yes, me too. He comes, he comes home at two in the morning, crawls into bed and he went, just so you know, I spent the last two hours sitting around a piano with Liza Minnelli singing. Oh, and I was it. like, I, I was like, what? <laughs> I said, you didn't tell me Liza was going to be there. And he was like, I texted you that I'm sitting here and Liza's across the room. And by midnight, we were all at the piano singing. I was like, see, but you know what? At the end of the day, I really couldn't have gone because I can't be up till two in the morning, even if it's singing show tunes with Liza Minnelli. Neither. Me neither. Yeah. And then get up at eight, six o'clock to write yeah. a talk and, and speak to hundreds of people. Right. So it was the right choice. And yet <laughs> I was like, really? I've only met I've only met Liza once backstage in my Broadway days. But okay. like to sit next to her and hear her sing, hear her sing Liza with a Z, like right next to me. My husband. Hopefully preferred. another time. Yeah, I told him, I said, did you give her did you get her number? Yeah, we can invite her over to our house. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't get her number. Ugh. I'll go the next time. The next time we're invited to Michael Feinstein's. Apparently, she goes all the time. I will oh, go. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. Ask him to make See it that, earlier. That right, and it has to be on a Friday night, He's not a Friday Saturday night. night. 
Yeah, because I, I, I can sleep late on Saturday. Yes. I'm the same way. Uh, this has been so much fun. Talking I have to loved you. this. Love this. <laughs> Thank you so much. And uh, congratulations on all you're doing and the upcoming Thank events. Thank you. Looking Thank forward you. to it.